back to Pizza My Mind. I'm Jess. I'm Andy. And this is the pod where we talk about movies, TV shows, and a lot of spoilers. So we're recording this on a Sunday, a few days after the premiere of Deadpool 2, which is what we're going to talk about first. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet and you hate spoilers, fuck you. You should still go see the movie. It was really good. Uh, but I wanted to ask you first, what did you think of Deadpool 2? I thought it was good. I <laughs> didn't think it was any better or worse than the first, really. I remember feeling uh, in watching The Force Awakens like this is obviously just Star Wars repackaged. Yeah. And what the hell. Well, that was like a shameless, where like they were killing the Death Star again. and Right. A- anyway. And, and it didn't feel like that with this one, but it also no. didn't feel like it was really turning any corners or getting at anything new and groundbreaking and different. That's okay. That's... I like i think that's that's not what i go see deadpool for no you know if i'm seeing iron man or the avengers or any of the other marvel cinematic universe movies i want it to advance kind of the overall plot the overall structure see how it's going to tie into everything else that's going on and and i like well i like that that deadpool wasn't that i right. I, I like that ryan reynolds and the original director got into a, a pretty heated argument about what the movie should be and, and tim miller yeah, that he wanted it to be a knockdown, dragout, gigantic scale blockbuster, and that's not Deadpool. That's it, that would distract, I think, from. from it's a Deadpool's, lot more intimate, and it has to be for the jokes to work. Yeah. And so I, I think that was a very good decision, and and that's one of the reasons I like it so much, especially coming on the heels of Infinity War. I mean, you can't try and out out action infinity war no but if you try to do a campy kind of very uh inward looking to the mcu and poking fun at it version you know where where ryan reynolds is making fun of of <laughs> josh brolin's character and calling him thanos <laughs> it's it's like a nice comic relief valve for for the mcu to just give a nod to everyone who's built up a lot of uh a lot of action overload that's what i liked about this one so it's what I liked about the last one, and it's no no different, uh, but that's okay. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. I liked it. I, would, I don't know if I would say that one or the other was actually better. Honestly, Deadpool 1 and 2 are... They're considered superhero movies. Technically, Deadpool is a superhero. They're in the MCU, but I consider both of them really well-done comedies more than anything else. Uh, there's plenty of action. There's definitely enough gore to merit the R rating, but... They are very self-deprecating, fourth-wall-breaking, referential stuff. Uh, and I think it, it made me laugh a lot more than any other movie I've seen in a while that's supposed to be a comedy. Uh, and I loved when Deadpool called Josh Brolin's character Thanos instead of Cable. Just brazenly admitting, yes, we're using the same actor for two different villains in the same universe. That stuff was really funny to me. And, and the one point where, where Josh Brolin is saying something about uh, planets being, you know, just eaten up by humans and, and how we had just wasted it. And Deadpool just chuckles and laughs and says, ah, planets. <laughs> and it's, which, is, which is, again, on the heels of, of Infinity War, is, is, really, is really timely just to be laughing at the, yeah, okay, we can do that whole big scale <laughs> thing where planets are at stake. Or we can stay closer to home and to, to just, you know, the people around you having to be be worried about and fought over and and laugh at the people who try and just have these delusions of grandeur and in you know world and universe domination yeah they're making fun of themselves before anybody else could even make fun of them so they're kind of impervious to critics saying like oh you're just 
you're you're doing this or that uh you're copying this or you're, you're reusing a character um even though i would still say some reviews mentioned that it felt too much like a parody of itself or like a ripped off fanfic turned into a script and it didn't work for them those are the people that made a rotten tomato score 84 percent instead of like 100 percent uh but you're saying that didn't bother you no not at all <laughs> i i mean where, where are those people when infinity war comes out or or captain america civil war comes out which I, and I, I i love the shit out of them and that's fine but they are all the same movie there's a big bad guy and some collection of the heroes come together to beat up a big bad and that's fine but but i mean if you're talking about Deadpool being too much of a parody itself of itself and you're you know part of the the seven percent that voted for uh one of the you know low 90s rated Avengers movies for example mm. and then suddenly you're a detractor on Deadpool then go to hell and get off your high horse <laughs> yeah basically I I liked it uh I think if it was someone other than Ryan Reynolds trying to pull it off it may not work I feel like there are certain people who are maybe even comedic actors or charismatic actors. There's plenty of them in the regular Avengers movies. But I feel like if it wasn't Ryan Reynolds, uh, I don't know, it probably wouldn't work as well. But it does. I think a lot of people are saying, I think Ryan Reynolds including, say that, you know, this was the role he was born to play. And I think that makes it special. It's opposed to just saying like oh it's just a, a comedy or a parody it's it's not something you could take seriously or enjoy makes it worth doing that movie that he got married to sandra bullock in canada for the proposal yep josh brolin loves the proposal and he's made that known on all of the press junkets and that's because he's not as funny as ryan reynolds I... and can't <laughs> charm them so he just has to say things that sound nice he was a good cable though that was cool that was a cool villain yeah, well, villain that's <laughs> half machine and grimaces the whole time. Yeah, Josh Brolin's perfect for it. Yeah. You just take outtakes from Sicario and throw a little CGI in them. <laughs> exactly. So on that note, uh, I say that sums up our review for Deadpool 2. I would say go see it. Yes, kicks I think it's ass. a good one. Yeah. And now for a quick break. And we're back with our next segment, Streaming Addictions, where we talk about the latest in TV series, uh, and our favorite streaming services. Uh, so last weekend, there were a lot of finales for HBO. There's Barry, Silicon Valley. Andy, did you have any predictions based on the stuff that happened with the finales last week about either show's next season, Barry or Silicon Valley? Yes, I'm going to enjoy Barry and I'm going to be bored of Silicon Valley. <laughs> that is my prediction. That's I, basically mine. I... I I've had enough of Silicon Valley, I think. <laughs> I don't know if it was all of the Verizon commercials with Thomas Middleditch that just did it for me and, and made me not be able to watch season five. Or if it was more just the the miraculous, oh shit, we ran out of time and we have to write the rest of the season before the writers go on vacation, where they just turn the corner and all of a sudden they still don't have any real users. And all of a sudden they're renting out this airplane hangar-sized office space. Like, I, it's... It was a weird way to end. I... I don't know, maybe I missed something, maybe I zoned out. I, I mean, the... it's it's a comedy, so I don't want to yeah. hold it to a really rigorous, uh, you know, Westworld-like level of complexity and storytelling and, you know, needing to get every tiny little detail in place. But it just felt 
kind of lazy and like they don't know what to do with the show anymore. Seasons one and two are really good. I liked season three. Season four, season was four good. wasn't bad, and then this Fifth. just felt forced, which is ironic because I really wanted the season that T.J. Miller left to be the best season, but I know so far, or well, I guess it's done now. So I I was let down. Yeah, I I mean now that we've wrapped the fifth season it's really starting to feel cyclical and formulaic i predict that for season six pied piper is going to almost go under or get sued uh but then everything works out in the last five minutes of the season that is my prediction yep it's kind of a shame or because, summary yeah i, of I the last seasons I don't know. As both of us being people who work in tech in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of really fun inside jokes where you can just kind of chuckle and be like, oh, yeah. But five years in now, I don't Anyway. Yeah, there's that. I, on I, the other hand. I need the, the one thing I will say is that they, they did seem to push a little more Guilfoyle and a little more Jared. This season, I do like Jared's. I do like Zach Wood's character. And I don't think those are people who can <laughs> who can be the the main focus of a of an episode Show. necessarily. So it's Aww. it's a pretty limited uh, limited amount of of you know leeway that that gives them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I can't I can't watch more more Thomas Middleditch being the same character that he has been since season one. I I need a little bit of development or a little bit of yeah. I, change growth progress anything or sum it up i there's more than one way to to go through for a company to to go through a life cycle in in silicon valley the place not the show anyway there's sounds like there's a a similar disinterest happening for silicon valley for both of us but barry's coming back so barry yes that was that was confirmed that barry got picked up for a second season uh, Barry, on the other hand, I think is really wonderfully weird and dark, yet really funny. Bill Hader has definitely found a very unique storyline. I can't really think of anything else like it out there right now. Um, so, yeah. I'm just I I storyline aside, all of the rest of it, I'm I'm still uh, I think I'm still in a place where I I was when I went to see uh, Foxcatcher with mm. um Steve Carell with Steve Carell from The Office was the only place that I'd seen him before that and Anchorman and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's John DuPont and this just incredibly creaky, creepy and and just made your skin crawl and and you know the the level of transformation and the level of of someone who you know in, in Bill Hader's case played Stefan uh yeah. becoming this killer with a soft side and then more of a soft side but he's still struggling i mean i'm i'm just still blown away by his performance not let alone anything about the story yeah he has a lot of layers and it's so weird seeing someone who's been silly on snl who just ruled snl when he was part of the cast and now he's this person who's very vulnerable and and can be sad or conflicted and or have just any kind of emotions whatsoever that are that feel genuine um so i i really like that show i think it's it brings up a lot of really interesting questions that you'd be like well what would you do in this situation um but otherwise in terms of like predictions for this second season that has been confirmed who knows when it's gonna air uh i would say now that barry has killed detective moss in the finale played by paula newsom very very good and has yet another really heavy secret to carry around. I think 
The second season is going to involve him confessing to his crimes. Uh, that's my prediction. I think he's starting to kill people to cover his tracks that he now knows and thinks are decent people. Not just like this hit list of strangers or criminals. These are people that he's going to probably start having more and more of a conscience for. And I think he's just going to crack. See, I hope it's not that. Because then, the, I mean, it'd be over. But yeah. Well, not necessarily because it would have it would be over, but because it would, it would well, it would have to be over to have any sort of credibility. Because that's one thing that they've done where none of his hits are are you know James Bond. He has a couple shots with a sniper rifle, but even then, it's broad daylight. It's it's these things where they kind of push the envelope as far as what he can get away with. But if it's killing a a cop and then you know turning himself in, but still managing to not have the season end with him doing 25 years to life uh <laughs> that'll just seem a little too far-fetched and just have, kind of cross that line into into shenanigans that it somehow hasn't so far even though again he's murdering people in broad daylight or the middle of the street so yeah. i hope it's not that i don't i honestly don't have a good prediction for it i don't know which way it's going to go but i i am looking forward to it nonetheless yeah it's a little it's well, not a little. It's way less predictable than other shows on TV right now. So, yeah, I like it a lot. I guess that's that's all we can say about those finales. And I think we're just tiptoeing around the fact that Westworld in the last few weeks has been a lot Speaking crazier. of predictions. <laughs> you have predictions, yes. Do you have predictions for Westworld? Oh, God, no. I... <laughs> well, I was going to say. It's like sitting through a, a advanced you know astrophysics class and and just when the teacher says okay who knows the answer and trying to pretend that you know what the hell there's going on <laughs> i do know that i'm so incredibly totally uninterested in shogun world i what? which which apparently shogun? yes so oh. I, I i pay a little closer attention to westworld than you do but the westworld and then there's one about is this the, the, the samurai Asian? world ah, yeah okay and and so it it appears this week is going to be heavily about mave in shogun world which I, yeah. I just i and i'm sure i'm sure they will tie it all in you know i'm sure it will not just be a random pandering to people who wanted to see other kinds of worlds and oh that's a samurai host now and that kind of stuff but <laughs> I, I I am just so incredibly disinterested that I, I we just last episode and I'm this is not an accident I'm sure but last episode we discover that by the way in addition to you know a theme park where you can go have sex and kill people to your heart's content uh they're creating immortals they're they're you know putting yeah. your your consciousness into a new body once you die like the, yeah. we discover that can't we explore that? Can't we just stay in the park and, and explore Jim Delos and and the man in black and, and his, his daughter? daughter. <laughs> There's all this stuff that that I let's just sink our teeth into it. Why? We don't ha you don't have yeah. to go off on tangents and keep people on the hook for things for multiple weeks just for the hell of it. Well, you can keep people you can keep people on the edge of their seats and still guessing and still dive into something that was really interesting. Yes. Cuz you're right, like we learned uh, we learned a lot since the season premiere where we last episode of this podcast, I went off on it and just like, this is boring. Uh, but no, uh, at the time that we we're recording this, the fifth episode has not aired yet. But last week we finally, like you said, we found out that Delos Incorporated was collecting guest DNA and data for, for the ability for, 
for very rich people, I'm assuming, to upload their consciousness into like these host versions of themselves and essentially live forever. And they're trying to test this out. And that's a really interesting concept. Well, I think it's unclear whether they have made that available to other people or not quite yet but that's obviously their aim i'm sure it's a secret they had like um, that one test person if there was i don't know if it was well, available and so this is this is a cool theory that yeah. that i was uh a podcast called the recapables uh on the ringer podcast network by way of reddit uh speaking of of kind of you, you know you mentioned there being one person mm-hmm. um jim delos that they were testing it on and and the theory that that i was just listening to earlier today uh, was that there's more than just one person, that the man in black is actually a what? host himself. One theory that, that that this person floated was that it was him and he committed suicide, the, the uh, man in black. Um, and then they found him, they put his consciousness back in. And uh, now he's, who's who's the one person that they made immortal or attempted to make immortal? The, the owner, you know, the uh, Jim Delos. Yeah. Uh, so why not his his heir to the throne, the man in black? Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't he be the logical next choice? And then the other thing that they pointed out was that uh, he, um, the, the man in black, had been going to visit Jim Delos and doing all of those calibrations to, to, you know, make sure that there was fidelity between who he was and, and the conversations they had and, and, you know, making sure, okay... Right. Uh, is are the brains matching up and all of that and so the theory is that those became you know they gave up after a certain number of visits I mean 149 times for Jim Delos is a lot yeah but that they kept having them and that they they kept bringing him back there because they were testing him the, the man, man in, black, in black as a host and and that the the game interesting that that Ford is playing now uh-huh. with the man in black is to get him to realize uh, that, that, he's a host. that he's a host and that what that's the, the final fuck? game that's that's the door that he's supposed to find is this realization that he is now a host what and I fuck? love the shit out of that theory and especially it gets really <laughs> interesting because now they've introduced a daughter who yeah. presumably is one of few people who would be able to to tell right you know who could who could show that he wasn't remembering things exactly right or who could right tell that that yeah he's a little different than he used to be he's a little off i mean it's not like he really hangs out with anyone else regularly he's too busy shooting them all except for this lawrence guy but it's uh, not like they're best friends from from childbirth or anything that's so interesting i'm really excited about it and so really pissed that they probably won't delve into it because they're going to be too busy in choking world yeah so i i like that theory I, I'm just super bummed that my theory was debunked last episode because we confirm that the park is collecting people's DNA and behavioral data so people with enough money could buy their immortality. Uh, but I was hoping, and you know this, that they were collecting all this information about people so they could be able to predict bad or murderous behavior about people in the real world outside of Westworld, uh, like minority report style, which would have been so much cooler than simply just... Like uploading, I still like that theory. I like it too. I don't think it's gonna happen. That's my no. Well, but Westworld zigs and zags every five minutes, yeah. so you feel like until it's like with 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 characters where until you see their head chopped off and rolling on the ground, you can't assume they're dead. I don't know that that could still happen. Although, although uh, if that did, and this is not this is not getting in the show. This is just 
a hypothetical discussion now. If that did happen, it does seem like that would be pretty damn unfair because yeah. it's it's you know it's it's like saying that that uh, as I think it was Michael J made the joke last night that only people who <laughs> get tested for STDs have STDs that or, right. or something to that effect that that if you, if you're going to Westworld, first of all, it's a I think they this the the going rate originally was fifty thousand dollars per day or something like that to visit Westworld if I remember How that correctly. Do you... Was that made known in the... In, like, yeah, in season one, I think. it's It was said at some point. First off, in terms of inflation, like, if you can imagine when a thing like Westworld would be available technology-wise, when we would be in that at that level of technology, nothing is going to be worth $50,000 anymore. I would... That sounds like much too low of a number. But that that's just me. Well, inflation never really was the same ever since Trump pancaked the economy and then it just still hadn't recovered. It was only 0.2% per year ever since. So that's that's why that number sticks. But I mean... <laughs> I was going to ask like, you if get, you have any final predictions before we sign off. That I'll be wrong about everything I think is going to happen this week and next week I will be absolutely over the moon about Shogun World episode. So You made such a good segue. To, so my prediction... I'm just going to reiterate the one that you told me the other time where I think Westworld is on the moon. Like they, in order to house this entire expansive world of multiple worlds, Shogun, what's it? Shogun, Shogun world? world, Shogun world, Westworld, et cetera, et cetera. Safari world. I think it's all on the moon. I predict that we're going to find out that all of these are taking place on some, some space station. The end. And I think that concludes Pizza My Mind for this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the new movie Solo and see how we feel about it. I have mixed feelings about it already. You haven't seen it yet. No. I Can I just Small say detail. real quick that in terms of marketing, like they started really late. So I have my prediction also for next week, just for box offices, is that Solo is going to really underperform whatever hopes and dreams that they had for Solo the movie. It's really going to tank. The end. I predict the exact opposite. Really? Yes. You think they're going to overperform? Well, I guess I shouldn't say the exact opposite. I think it's going to do very, very well. I don't know what mm. number is estimated. I, I don't know any of that. But I think I think there's a combination of things. One is that it's the origin story that you'd want to see most now. Like, you've seen how Luke's life pans out. You saw how his dad got his start. You saw all of that nonsense, even though those weren't yeah. really worth watching. I feel like there's, I mean, just that that young Han is and, and how he came to be. Uh, I think that's something that people will want to see. And it's I, kid-friendly, so parents well, are going to take it. Well, and I feel like I feel like also there's, the, right, there's that and, and the fact that anything Star Wars or Marvel just prints money. Uh, yeah. And the fact, honestly, I mean, all of the intrigue about the the directors in and out, and and all of the production troubles, and all of the the intrigue about that early on, I I, I don't think that's scaring anyone away. I think that's going to drive people to see it more than than you know suffocate any any box office success. So I'm I'm interesting. I'm predicting it will certainly take the box office next week, which I don't think is that big a prediction. Uh, it's on even with Deadpool two in its second week, but I it's on. Well, it, next weekend's Labor Day weekend. Yes, they even get or a little Memorial boost. Day, right? Yeah. Whatever. Don't wear white. I guess is the moral of the story. Okay, 
that is it for this week. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.